Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Continental O-E-T-S. You can find weird things in your car, not just petrified French fries or melted crayons. Live snakes. Weird, bizarre trinkets. Stuff that makes you wonder, what the hell are folks thinking when they're driving? Anyway, you can also find Continental Belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. Continental is launching a new aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Fanatically engineered for a perfect fit. Form and function for over 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and in Canada. Continental. OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt. The belt with the OE pedigree. Get the full story at OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. Hey, everyone. It's Adam Carolla, and welcome to another episode of Going Racing, the show that highlights the fastest cars, best races, and biggest celebrities in the automotive world. And now, here's a conversation about racing at the Rolex Historics. Back from... Uh, from Monterey. Monterey. Car week. Car week big couple, week. A couple days of detoxing. Lots of stuff <laughs> going on over there. Um, lots of excitement. Um, first off, Max Pata, I'm wondering if this information information is um, discernible or gleamable or something, but it was blazing hot at the track on Wednesday when we pulled in. And we, we pulled in at 4.35 in the afternoon, and yeah. it was scorching hot. Yeah, uh, Sean was, was already texting. He's like, I don't know what's going on, but it, it's ridiculous. It was here. also ridiculously hot on Thursday, the following day. Now you go, well, what's the rub? Well, the rub is you do want to know temperature at the track for various reasons. Yeah. Um, I had sat at, at my house and I said, you know what? It's always the same weather at the track and and at Monterey every year. It's the same, but I'm going to check. And I did the like Monterey 10 day forecast. And this was four or five days before we left. Mm -hmm. And it just said 68, 68, 68, 68, like all day long. It's like 58 at night, 68, you know? And I was like, okay. And then I stopped and I thought, you know what? Tell you what, Monterey is not the track. It's not Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca's up in the hills, it's a lot of asphalt, and it's hotter. It's always hotter. It's, you know, 10% hotter. And I thought, I'm not going to just do the 68 in Monterey. I'm going to do Laguna Seca. And I typed in, like, Laguna Seca. And I was like, WeatherTech Laguna Seca, 10-day forecast. So yeah. I was like, okay, they have their own forecast. <laughs> 68, 68, 68, 68. 68. Uh, we pulled in. It was 101. Yeah. I mean, it was oppressively hot. Now you go like, wow, so what's the big whoop? Charles got me a cool shirt and a cool bucket and a cool (laughs) everything to ride around in that car. But I checked the temp and it was 60s. 
So I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with wiring this thing up and have one more thing for Sean to try to figure out. Right. And if it's not going to get used, it's just, not going to get just, used. Like, forget it. A wrench I'll, I'll, I'll use it. What next time we go to Fontana on yeah, Father's sure. Day, I'll use it. So, um, I was like, it was insanely hot. And then I became obsessed. Like, what, what's up with the 10 day forecast? And not only the 10 day forecast, the day before we left, I plugged it in. So then I was like, wait a minute. So I told Matt, Matt, could it track tomorrow, Thursday. What's yeah. it Thursday at the track? They must have changed it. It's scorched. It's blazing. Anyone you spoke to there, including Bruce Kenapa, who's been there every year for 30 years, went, Wednesday was the hottest day it's ever been at this track. Yeah. Ever in yeah. any month. And so I was like, okay, what's it going to be tomorrow? It's like 68. 68. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It can't be. <laughs> it cannot cool down 40 degrees. If it is, no, no. 68. And I'm like, no, no, it's not 68 at Pebble Beach at the track. 68. 68. One in That's on Thursday. Say. It had dropped down to 97. Right. We went, well, what the fuck? <laughs> what What's going on? Why don't we have... And then I kept obsessing. Like, hit it again. Check the car temp. Check the... Oh, it's uh, 86. Wrong? We're standing at the track checking the temperature. It says it's 68. And we know it's 91 outside. We're pulling on <laughs> up the hill. We're going down into the parking lot at 9.15 in the morning on Thursday. It says 86 degrees on the car thermostat. Yeah. Why, why does the 10-day forecast still say 68? I don't know why we why we don't have the technology to make it's a, this it's happen. It's a racetrack, yeah. don't you? You you have scramp and all this stuff with the uh, you know. Doesn't the what, the racetrack should have their own like temperature and track temp, like the surf report, right? Like they should have it like on their website, the weather tech. Website. By the way, weather is in the name of the track. It's a good point. <laughs> and look, guys, for tuning purposes, for tire purposes, yeah. for things like that, want to know cool suit, cool shirt. They want to know what yeah. the temp is when they're coming out from Oregon for, for four <laughs> it would, days. It would help. It would help. Yeah, it would help. We went to the Shelby screening event, and uh, and Allie, who works with us in films, she walked up and said, because her parents have a house there, she's like, What's going on? It's the hottest day ever in Monterey. Yes. And I was like, it's funny you said that because Adam might have mentioned that as well. Speaking <laughs> of a Shelby Doc, which made me laugh, I was standing with Mike August. We were like standing looking at the bleachers, looking at the cars coming around the Trans Am race. And he went, uh, he was talking about Fox and Fox being bought by Disney or Disney buying Fox or whatever. Fox, Disney, Disney, yeah. Fox, whatever. And he's like, all the Fox movies have lost money, blah, blah, blah. Ford v. Ferrari's a Fox movie. We'll see how, whatever. And then he said, you know, they did a screening here at Monterey. They're uh, doing a screening at SEMA. <clears throat> and yeah. I said, uh, they did a screening of Ford v. Ferrari at Monterey. Yeah, I didn't see and uh, I said, uh, who told you that? He said, Matt DeAndrea. Uh, and I said, uh, wait a minute. I've been with Matt DeAndrea for the last 29 hours nonstop, like everywhere we go. I were sitting in a car for five hours. He, don't, he didn't bring it up to me. No, I would have had tickets. No, he, he told me <laughs> Ford v. Ferrari. I said, we did a Shelby screening, and he goes, "Oh, you guys did a Shelby screening?" And I said, "Yeah, we we did a Shelby we we did a Shelby screening." And he's like, "Oh, okay, I didn't know about that, but I did know about the Ford v Ferrari screening." And I said, "Mike, I 
I believe once again, <laughs> I, I I believe you're wrong on this. I've been Matt said we're doing a Shelby screening and in your mind something yeah. went that way but we're not doing a there's no Ford v Ferrari screening because a Matt would have said something to me 30 times it would have been on our calendar like hey we want to go check out yeah the screening. do you want to see it they're screening it let's go right. let's get well, the advanced preview that's what he told me I was <laughs> like no he didn't he didn't he did not tell you that he did not did not tell you that uh As someone pretty close to this <laughs> I feel like I I'm sure I did not tell him that. So uh, we went there. The car was there. The car was there probably at noon. <laughs> was, Sean likes to get up in the middle of the night and drive. He left at like four in the morning. It was so crazy, <laughs> novelty, hot. Sean hates the heat and obviously on the asphalt and everything with under the car and everything like that. We started the car before we left. Um. Yeah. We warmed it up a little back in L.A. We got that is the last time the car started under its own power. The car we literally that car. There was no starter issues. There's no clink, clink, clink. There's no sound. There was yeah. no anything. There's no grinding. There's no anything. We just turn the key. Car start. Turn the key. Car start. Last three years. Turn the key. Car start. Yeah. No problem. Loaded in the trailer. Loaded. Turn the key, car starts, good. Shut it down, load it in the trailer, unload it at uh, on Wednesday, show up Thursday morning to do practice, no starter. Doesn't work. For the entire weekend. The entire weekend, no way to start the car. That I mean, what a way to fucking start the weekend. Like, <laughs> it's like You understand, the car started 271 times. Yeah. But it was the 272nd time, which is when we're at the track on Thursday yeah, morning, yeah. and it stopped. Clearly, we got hit by an EMP. That's and right. fucked up our solenoid. Like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> War of the Worlds with Cruz. Yeah, Cruz could have fixed Putting it. Putting that 302 in that uh, 66 <laughs> rent eraser. So anyway, we're like, oh, the starter's not going to work for the entire weekend? Yeah. And then Sean... Started to like check everything and pull the starter Thursday morning run group 1045. And I said, uh, it was like, I don't know, 945. And he's like taking the starter out. And I was like, hey, man, uh, if we can't get that starter fixed, we got to bump start this car. Yeah. And, you know, you're being casual about it, but. I bump started a thousand dots and pickup trucks. I've never bump started a nine thirty five. Like I'm, yeah. I'm uh, first gear, and that car is good for eighty miles an hour. Right. So yeah, I we don't, don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if we can just push it at seven miles, four <laughs> miles an hour, and get that thing bump yeah. started. I don't know if it's gonna start. So we're getting down to like, you know, it's time to get in the car, and the car's all jacked up on and everything. And I say to Sean. Uh, what are we doing? Because it's it's time to go, and he's like, I got I got to test this starter, and I like Sean, but uh, a little more clock observation would have been good. I said, Sean, <laughs> we, we're not testing the starter; we're putting the starter back in the car. We're yeah. bumping the car and we're going out. So that's all we got right now. Right. And so he then he was cut off guard a little bit, and then he was in a crazy hurry just to get the starter back in the car, yeah. and he did. Yeah. And we got it all back in the car just to be in the car, not to use it. And then we went and bumped the car. Right. And and it, and it bumped easily, which was good. Uh, I, the part I 
didn't fully understand was I get maybe dirt or whatever is an issue, but this was just one session. Why did we have to put the starter back in the car to get it out to that race? Why couldn't he just take it out, leave it out for a minute, go do your practice session, test the starter for the rest of the day, and then make a decision? Why did it have to go back in the car? It's other than a hole left I don't, there. I don't – Maybe we could have taped off that hole for I, debris. I I agree with you. Uh, at the time, um, Sean kind of just posed it like, I got to get the starter in the car before we yeah. go out there. Yeah. So I went right to hurry up and put the starter in the car. If you can do it fast, let's do it. And he said, I can do it in five minutes. I was yeah. like, well, go yeah. ahead and do it. So, yeah. and, and, and he did. I was just a little, yeah, uh, I didn't know if there was a follow-up conversation. I didn't want to like cause stress I to the situation. Maybe, but what was the- yeah, I, I, you're right. We could have taken... We'd have to take some carb cleaner and, you know, spray it on. And then we'd have to take a piece of foil tape or two pieces of foil tape and yeah, whatever. It, just, but he'd probably said, and when he think getting up in there, yeah. what if you got off the track, got some gravel in there, you know, whatever. Right. I, I mean, d- like I a, a, a makeshift piece of cardboard and some gaffer's tape probably would have solved the issue. John but... would say, by the time you do that, I can bolt this thing back in. It's two bolts. Yes. But and, Anna wouldn't be laying on a bench outside the car for the rest of the day able to be tested is what his goal was. I, I agree. I also don't know why we didn't just pull it back off and test it. Or maybe we did. Well, I think at that point we were like, it's not working. We're not going to get a starter. So why don't we just – we know it bumps easily. Let's just bump it for the rest of the weekend. So we just bumped it yeah, for the rest of the weekend. Which was fine. And it, 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 it was it worked, fine. It was but, a little pain in the ass about when to warm it up and then shutting it down on yeah, the grid. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of screwed up our, our cameras, some of the cameras, uh, the the new V-Box system because the V-Box system was tied into the power and you got to – Turn the car on and fire it up, and then it got a tack lead, and the tack lead, which was analog, tells the system to go. Right. And you got to, you know, so if we push you onto the track to bump start the car, nobody's running after you hitting the start button on the camera. So there was a little bit of rewiring with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently we got it. You know, we got it figured out. So. Uh, I went out Thursday morning. The car ran pretty good. I was just saying you could have saved eight pounds. The uh, <laughs> left that starter on the table. The engine <laughs> is starting to get a little tired. Um, some of the uh, IMSA guys came by and said, officials said it's kind of smoking out of the back. And Sean kind of said, oh, maybe there's an oil line that's leaking or something. But... Sean checked it and he just said it's just basically coming from the head gasket. That's it. Like, it's, it's it's yeah, it's that or a ring or something. It's a little it's, a little loose. It's, it's it's tired. Yeah. The car works. It it pulls uh okay. It's probably yeah. down on Well, we know it's down a little bit on horsepower because Yeah. I mean, we dynoed it and we got some pretty good numbers out. We didn't get Bruce Canepa numbers out of it, but we got I don't know, period correct numbers, I think we were basically told. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a little light on that, but I, I think I think we can agree it's probably time for a freshening yeah. up uh, of the engine. Car worked fine. Had some issues with the tachometer because of the V box, which was hooked up to the tachometer. But then, yeah, it was giving we kind of couldn't a, start it. it. Was giving me weird yeah, readings weird and reading. was cutting out. But luckily, and the weird readings were only in the high RPMs. <laughs> were you were so you use it the least? <laughs> I went out and just kind of went around the track. And 
got the car up to temp and just kind of on Thursday morning, just kind of went around the track and had 50 cars in a race. And I can't, I qualified 25th or something yeah. which is right in the middle. And then, um, we went out again on Friday morning and probably picked up a little bit of a pace and got the car up to, let's see, up to 14th or 15th, I I think. Well, Friday when we pulled the sheet, it was 25th. And then Saturday morning at the first race, uh, yeah, yeah, so you qualified up to up to 15th. So Saturday morning you started in that 15th. So right. And 14th? 15th. Somewhere in there. Somewhere I in can't there. remember, yeah. 14th or 15th. Anyway, um, then, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think we screwed this up. I went from 25 to 24th place. Then I went from 24th place to 14th or 15th place. And then so on Saturday, for the right. Saturday morning race, which is a race, uh, they just have two races. There's two races. And all the practice sessions are qualifying sessions. Yeah. And uh, I got hollered at a little bit by the IMSA guys for missing the checkered flag in the practice session, which is up on turn seven, which is I'm always looking for the checkered flag start finish. The rules are, I don't believe we went over this too clearly in the driver's meeting, but the rules are when there's a pace car on the track, the only place you're going to see a checkered flag is start finish. Okay. When you're doing a warm-up session or qualifying practice or something, but no pace car, just get out there and start getting into it. Yeah. You will see – it's a newer thing. You'll see a checkered flag on turn seven so that you can pull in without going around again. Right. So they're saying race is over. You don't have to come in finish line come in. You, you want to come in as quickly right. as you can i want to get the next group out didn't there. see the checkered flag on turn seven because i wasn't really looking yeah. for a checkered flag on turn seven i went around and saw the checkered flag start finish which i okay. thought oh so you had to go around again basically to you to add about in. three quarters of a yeah. lap on yeah. your whatever and Ooh, it, you got a parade lap in there. yeah i know <laughs> carola's taking a solo lap the right end of the race <laughs> so i was told about that and i was told about smoking we'll uh We'll tell you about, uh, I'll show you a lap from the morning session lap. I just said take lap eight and lap nine, and I just sort of remember the end of the session coming up on some cars and having it be good speeds. Yeah. Uh, we'll let you hear the sights and the sounds, or at least yeah. hear the sounds. So we're going to post these up on uh, YouTube and uh, carcastshow.com. Mm-hmm. We'll probably edit them up and clean them up a little and... <laughs> Blah, blah. Probably. Oh, I met Brad Frizzell, who's the guy who won the championship in the car that I'm the Z car that I'm coming up the mm-hmm. um, the orange one. Yeah, I think it was called. God, it, it was called. I'll think of the name of it. Uh, you can go ahead and run it, uh, Max Pata. Uh Transcendental Racing. They put more. They put a concrete runoff strip around the first turn and the second. And also my pedal was going too deep to do the heel-toe again. Yeah. We had some brake fade and some braking-related related issues. So this is the in-car camera we're looking at over the shoulder, out right. the front window. You can see really what's going on. I was... Um, 
they put some cement runoff outside of turn uh, six, the uphill. I should get my turns figured out. The turn six, where you go down and dip down, you can you can see it. Some of the some of the times I was using a lot of it. Sometimes I I wasn't, but. They've added some cement where guys would hang tires all the time right here, go in, apex, go wide there, onto the green, past the runoff. Yeah, yeah, I see it. They, they added it on there, which is an interesting, interesting uh, concept. Or I don't know if it's a concept, but guys would hang tires there all the time and just shoot gravel yeah. onto, the, onto the track. Um, so the car's running pretty good at this point. I'm running pretty consistent lap times, and we're starting to get a little comfort level. Later on, I had a horrific spin. I think it was driver error, but someone told me that F1 cars dropped a little oil down there as well. The, at the end of the... At the end of the straight, probably going about 130, 132, something like that. But the brakes are kind of fading and going deep, so you have to really... It's right. a little nerve-wracking because you want that brake pedal at the end of that long end of that long yeah, straightaway. Yeah, Sean bled the brakes again at the track. It just wasn't really solving the problem, so it's got to be looked at. Yeah, and I was starting at some point to slide the car around a little bit, and I was starting to get comfortable sliding around a little bit. Some some would say too comfortable, perhaps, and that's where the big slide-out occurred. Uh, but, again, going up the hill and coming around to the turn where, they, again, they added, they added some uh, runoff right there. Oh, yeah, I see. See, on the other side of the striped line. Yeah, when you guys watch the video, you'll see, I don't know, it looks like a blue or a greenish teal kind of cement off to the side. The car in front of me did not have their brake lights working, which always kind of... I I don't like it. I like to see where they're braking as they're going into turns and things like that. I don't know what the rule is. The rule is probably supposed to have them. I don't know if they fail or they shut them off or like what they what they do. I was getting into first gear at the end of the at the end of the Andretti, whatever. Uh, not the Andretti, but the end of the at the end of the straightaway or beginning of the straightaway. We're pulling up on uh, our friend. Yeah, still looking good. Looks looking like a fast lap. Yeah, good. So in the in your race, we'll talk a little bit about the the spin out, and we probably got some footage of that. We'll we'll post at some point. But uh, yeah, I think it was turn turn three. You came out of turn three, and um, I saw a couple guys spin throughout the weekend. I saw one of those uh, uh, Greenwood Corvettes uh, uh, spin out there as well. Um, and uh, the session right before you in the Saturday afternoon race, basically the last of of the races for everybody. Uh, they had the you know the vintage F1 group out there, and those guys were running hard. And from from the very first lap, uh, one of the lead cars was blowing a lot of smoke, mm-hmm. and and he ended up doing like I don't know two laps or something um, before the pace car came out, 
and uh, and they determined it was it was an oil leak and it was it was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. So they needed to to stop that group, but because it was the end of the day, didn't want to ruin it for everybody. So they postponed everything about twenty minutes. They had to clean mm-hmm. up the track, they had to get that guy off the track. Then they let those cars go out again. And the weird part was. I don't know if they just tightened an oil line and he went out again because when they restarted the race, it looked like somebody was blowing smoke again, mm-hmm. which was interesting. So there could have been a little bit more oil on it. And and I was sitting in the uh, in the suite where that turn three is, and that's where you came around. And by the time you were out of my view, because we're, we're tucked right into uh, the, the number three corner there, that's when you – Got a little, little left, little right, and and did that really awesome like hundred mile an hour drift, <laughs> just sliding and sliding. And, yeah, uh, it's it's it was kind of epic, but uh, but I, you know, I didn't hit anything. It was fine. It was just you know, but also you know, I, I I'm sure you're going through your head at some point, going, don't hit anything, don't hit anything, but also don't stall the car because we don't have a starter. <laughs> yeah, the car wouldn't restart. You wouldn't be able to start it again, and and. You know, a lot of these guys, you get out into the dirt, they wait a minute, let the track clear, fire it up and get back out and pull it in or do another lap or whatever they got to do. But if you if your engine was out, you're out. Yeah, I'd have to be towed in and they'd have to bring the tow vehicle out. Which is far more embarrassing. It's far more embarrassing (laughs) and I'd have to flag the race. I I was able to keep my car running because I knew I couldn't restart my car. (laughs) Uh, When I was watching game film of it, uh, I was trying to catch up and I was sort of reeling in this guy in this RSR who I've seen there many times before. And he was actually the same guy. I think I was trying to reel in when that 914 came all the way down the track and sort of cut me off. Yeah. And uh, by the way, when you see that my spun out or went to the dirt, famously my Z car, that corner, that line, everyone just runs through the middle of that corner and then goes down. That guy went way out, yeah. Thus going like, okay, here Almost I come. Almost like he was saying, pass. And me then he I'm just came slow. way down yeah. into and they, like you don't do that turn like you do normal turns where you go out and then you come all the way and you run through the middle of it and then you kind of yeah. apex it. But anyway, uh, I was trying to catch up with this guy. Now, what was happening is it was the last race of the day. We're about six laps in. Um, I was getting comfortable kind of sliding the car around a little, like having it slide out mm-hmm. around the corner a little and gather it back up again. I'd done that on a few turns where the end kind of came out and I got up, I got on it. And if you see guys drive these 935s, they're just sawing away at the wheel the and yeah. sliding all over the place. They're just sawing away. So the question is, is once you go through the corner, once you try to apex a corner, how soon before you get back on the boost? And the, the sooner you get back on the boost, the better yeah. for speed. So what I did is I was looking at the film, the driver's error part is instead of tracking it all the way out after, you know, try to hit the apex and then track all the yeah. way out. Instead of tracking all the way out, I went, well, I'm comfortable sliding this car around a little. I'm going to get back into it and and cut it a little bit short and try to get down the track sooner. 
okay. versus tracking yeah. all the way out. I was like, I'll just pull it, pull it a little harder to the right. The end will come around a little and I'll just track it. I'll start going straight down. And the car started sliding a little bit and I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting off. I didn't get off it. I was like, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stay into it and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just drift it a little and then I'll just smooth it out. Yeah. But it then, of course, it just snapped the other direction. I didn't break. I didn't do anything. I just, I stayed yeah. on it and just sort of like, oh, I'm going to just kind of drift it out a little bit and then just popped. Yeah. The other huh. direction. So there was no, just, just a little, a little less, a little light on throttle input and they start shifting weight around on that car. And uh, even just a little off the gas can put a little nosedive, and that was probably just enough to. Yeah, well, we can watch it. We can listen. End. We can listen to it too. You can hear that. I don't really get off the throttle when the rear end starts going mm-hmm. around. I don't think. We're uh, going into turn. So in the game film here, as your steering wheel starts to go left or right, I didn't hear for those second and a half, I didn't hear any change in the engine RPM. No, I tried to stay. I thought as it started to drift, I was like, don't punch at the brakes. Don't back off the throttle. Just stay on it. Kind of drift through it. We can... Kind of watch it. Watch it it again. Right. So I, I thought I could just kind of drift through it by staying on the throttle. Evidently, it's very fast and furious. Didn't didn't work. (laughs) Very fast and furious. Patrick Long said, uh, "Don't let go of that steering wheel." But once I was going backwards, the wheel was just whipping. All directions, oh. and I was just like, just let it straighten out. I, tell you, I thought I could save it. I thought I could save it on the track. I thought I could whip it around yeah, yeah, yeah. again. Oh, you wanted to do like a like a whip like around. a spin and keep going. Uh, oh, that my first plan was Larry to save. Dixon did it in a top fuel car once. Wow, he wow. spun a top fuel car and kept going. <laughs> my first plan was I'm going to save this drift. My yeah. second plan is I'm going to do a 360 and keep going. Yeah, my third. That was, would have been awesome. That would have been badass. My third was don't stall the motor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we're gonna need some tires. Tune in next week for another episode of Going Racing. New episodes available on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts.